0: The Flywheel Podcast. The Flywheel Podcast. Buckle up and get ready to set your life in motion. Hosted by Mike and Justin.
1: All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is Mike and Justin here. Today, we're going to be talking to Jason, a realtor from Keller Williams and Van Geese Group, and we're here to hear uh, about some advice on real estate investing. There's a ton to cover on this topic, making it seem too daunting to even figure out where to start. And so today, we hope to break down the barriers for our listeners, discuss some of the basics, and hopefully point you in the right direction for more information. So with that, let's get this started. Jason, I'm going to send it over to you for a brief introduction about yourself.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Um, Jason O'Connor, I uh, work at Keller Williams Edge as a real estate agent, Um, started investing in real estate in 2017. And more recently, the newest venture is construction. So I got into a uh, a business with a, a partner, Evolution Construction Management, it's kind of tailored towards um, investor specific renovations. So yeah, just working on that now, and uh, just uh, just enjoying it. So
0: awesome. Well, welcome. Um, let's get started with Jason. What made you develop a passion for real estate? Like, re- really take the box and got you going on that.
2: So uh, when I first bought my property in 2017, um, actually, even maybe two years before that, I was in school. Uh, I was in a finance class and I was looking around. Everybody was kind of you know aggressively typing notes when the prof was speaking, <clears throat> literally on everything. And the prof would say their name. I could see the keyboards going. I was actually on point two homes looking at properties because I wanted to be a, a real estate investor. And through that two-year process from 2015 to 2017, it was kind of uh, shiny object syndrome. Everything was looking good to me. I was like, I don't want to be in school, so I'm going to start this business. I'll start this. I'll start this. So I had this long list of companies that I wanted to to do and businesses that I wanted to start. And I would kind of step into one and it would quickly fail, obviously, because it wasn't something that I was that passionate about. Everything would turn back to real estate investing. So I kept, you know, looking at properties um, checking out numbers and and yeah, you know, I, I really enjoyed running numbers I still have papers at home at my parents place um you know covered white white pieces of paper just covered in numbers because I was I was trying to see cash flows and you know certain things uh so I always had an interest in it and um again yeah just with these other failing endeavors it just became more attractive to me so ended up buying my first property at 21 and, um I thought I was going to be like rich overnight. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't like that, but yeah, it took a, took a while, and then you know, just kind of snowballed from there. So after I bought my first place, learned um, the ins and outs about it, uh, started telling my buddies about it. You know, hey, you should get into real estate investing. They weren't too receptive back then, but uh, ended up getting my license. I think two would have been two years after that. So 2019 I was fully licensed in 2020, um, and yeah, I've kind of. It snowballed from that first investment, but used all of the knowledge from there. You know, taking that first step, taking the initiative to actually go and buy a property to to close on it, to put renters in there, and reap the rewards from that. Just taking those lessons that I learned, um, and and applying that to to sales, and just you know having a, a client base that's geared towards investing is uh, is something that uh, I've always wanted. So here we are, and uh, yeah, just uh, just you know, working hard every day to, to continue this business.
1: So maybe that's a, like a really good spot to start, which is maybe you can walk us through the full spectrum of the types of ways that people can invest in property.
2: Yeah. I mean, we get, um, <clears throat> calls all the time for whether it's uh, short-term rentals, long-term rentals, you can buy land, you can build, you can, you know, buy, like I said, buy land and, and develop it or, or you know, kind of get a an approval for a, a development and sell it that way. Conversions, just your typical buy a renovated property and hold it. Um, all are good in their own right. I think it just depends on your temperament as an investor. Uh, for me. It was originally buy something that's done. Don't I didn't know any contract, especially I was 21. I didn't know any contractors, didn't want to get into that, didn't have any capital to do that. So I bought something that was already ready, ready to go, just threw some tenants in there. Cash flowed like barely anything. It was kind of like a break even deal. Um, but more recently, I think, you know, where people are starting to make a lot of money is through conversions, especially with a, the shortage of of housing, buying a single family deal, renovating it into four units, three units, two units, whatever it is, um, refinancing it and the, the BRRRR strategy, right? Like buy, um, buy, reno, rent, refinance, repeat. So through that strategy, you know, a lot of people are making a ton of money, especially when the rates are, are staying low and equity values are, are going to the moon, but, um, you know, there's no way that if you're a new investor looking to get into it, maybe new construction is probably one of the better ways to do it. It's just hands off, um, buy it, close on it with equity, but in the long run, any way that you can get into real estate investing is going to be, uh, is going to be your friend. You kind of want to just jump in and, and it's, it's easy to, um, once, once you're in it and you start making some money, it's easy to kind of see the other options. You get, you get some experience going and, and, and yeah, kind of snowballs from there.
0: So take us through a bit with your first property that you bought. You said, in, was it 2017? Yeah. So mm-hmm. take us through, you know, what that property was. Was it just you living in it? Um, were you renting it with multiple people, like renting it out to multiple people while you're living in it? So essentially like house hacking, which we can touch on that as well. Um, yeah, give us a little more details about that. And then kind of the lessons you learned and took that forward into, I'm assuming you probably have purchased multiple now at this point. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, maybe just take us through that a little bit.
2: So, um, I think I looked at 12 houses before I bought this one. Uh, I looked at a house on this street. It was like a student area. Um, and, uh, this one was for sale in the, in a, in a court. So it was in the corner. It was a free sale, which is now I think purple bricks. Which is now something else. I don't even know. They keep changing. Uh, but that one was a townhouse in Thorold, purchased for 360. Wow. Uh, yeah.
1: That's that's unheard of now. <laughs> yeah.
2: I should have held on to it. I ended up selling it to the tenants. There I don't even
1: think you can get a one-bedroom condo for that these no. days. Not no, unless no. you're in like North Bay.
2: If that, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, the average <laughs> price, like over whatever, six hundred thousand there, but um, uh, yeah, it was turnkey. There's nothing to do. There may be a couple cosmetic things, but put a, uh I had awesome tenants. Like they were the best. And they they moved in. They like I said, it just kind of broke even, so it wasn't a killer investment in terms of cash flow.
0: Yeah, you're just paying down the equity.
2: Yeah. So it was strictly an equity investment. And I ended up selling it just before COVID because I thought, you know, this uh. has all the makers of a recession. <laughs> Big mistake. Sold it for, I think 452 to the tenants, which again, like like they were amazing, so good for them mm. and good for them now. Yeah, cheers. The, yeah, yeah, it's probably worth like it, it worked out good for everyone, though. Yeah, yeah, I can't complain because that investment moved into another investment, which moved into you know, I've purchased a little over four and a half million dollars of the real estate in the last uh, probably two years. Nice, so yeah.
0: And where did you stumble across these tenants? Like were they just people you met at wherever you were in that area, like school or something like that? Or
2: uh they were um actually the real estate agent that I used to buy, he found them. So okay. he, it like within 24 hours of it going on the MLS, they were in there. Yeah, because signed. this
1: is before you were a licensed agent. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: And uh yeah, it's funny because you know, I had a I, because I was I was in school, I had my um my dad had to co-sign on it. So when you know, like I said, I thought when I bought this thing, oh man, I'm I'm gonna be, you know, this is it. This is I'm retiring. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh the roof ended up leaking and a, a bunch of issues happened and I wasn't ready for that. So thank God, you know, my dad was able to 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 help me out there. Um he charged me eight percent interest on <laughs> the money that he loaned me, which is good hilarious. lesson, good life yeah. lesson. Oh yeah. So um but yeah, again, no regrets with that one, of course. It it didn't cash flow, but again, you know, if you have the knowledge and once you start to to gain some experience with it, you can just take that money and recycle it into a couple other deals. So so maybe that's a good
1: next area to dive into, which is where that's where you began. And so now you've got some more experience, you've talked to more people. Where do most people begin or where do you recommend most people begin? And I guess in the same vein is if people are starting to look into that, what are some things they need to be thinking about to decide what is the right kind of approach for them to start with? Because even before you mentioned like new builds, you bought a single family home to start. That was pretty much move in ready. And so where do most people begin? What are some of the questions they need to be asking themselves as they go through this process?
2: That's a good question. Um, So I'll say it, I'll say it this way, if I could do it over again, if yeah. I didn't have anything if I was just starting, I would start with a partnership. I would start with somebody who knows what they're doing. Um depending on where you are, if you're if you're making a lot of active income, uh, you know every year you're making good money, you can jump into a deal that um two other people might be, oh that's a risky deal, you're doing a single family to a fourplex conversion, oh that's, you know, seems like a bigger job, but you have that that cash to support that. So partnerships, you know, some people, oh, I want to hold the, I want all the control. It, it, It's kind of irrelevant because they allow you to go a lot further with your money. So I'd be looking at getting into a partnership with somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, again, new construction is always, not always, but in the last, you know, 10, 15 years has been fantastic. But if we're looking at it now, uh, I just read this morning, they might do a, a full percentage rate hike. So if you're buying it today's, Values with today's interest rates, you know, who knows if you close in 2025, are the rates going to be four percent? Like, are they going to be four and a half? Are they going to be three? Nobody knows. It's speculative. Yeah. Uh, So getting into a deal, I I think with a partner who has, you know, kind of created a process for themselves that you know they know what to do. They they know, okay, if I go into this this neighborhood, I can convert this property. Conversions for sure. That's that's where you're going to make the most uh, the most money and the quickest period of time. You'll be able to put all your money into this investment. Have it converted, rent it out, refinance it, get it all back within, let's say, six months, and now you're holding this cash-flowing asset. And three units are always going to be better than one, right? And especially with condo fees, they can also hurt your cash flow a bit. Uh, not knocking new construction; it's always it's it's a way to get into the market. But um, if I could start it over, and if I could give advice to somebody who is going to start, it's get into a deal that uh, um, that doesn't, you know kind of get rid of your your uh, cash reserves. You yeah. want to kind of be able to, to recycle it back into your account as S- soon as you can.
0: So one thing I'm, I'm also thinking here is you kind of give the perspective of someone who's like purely just in it for the investment side of it. What if this person is looking for an investment, but also to personally live in the property? Um, what would you recommend doing? Would it then be a, a, a pre-development or... Um or just similar uh, concept.
2: So if they're looking to get in it and live in it and yeah, also like have it. Like let's say yeah.
0: a first time home buyer, cause in essence, like any real estate property you're buying should be an investment unless you I don't know, is it even possible to buy properties that go down in value like yeah. these days? Like you, know, like, you know you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's got to be- a I'm use. sure you could find it, but yeah. Yeah, but it's pretty hard to do, right? <laughs> so in <laughs> essence, like any real estate property is an investment. So for someone who's a first-time home buyer, because I'm sure like there's going to be uh, listeners out here. I know my, me, myself uh, would be one. So let's just take this as advice for myself. Being a first-time home buyer, where would I start from your perspective- um i know you said a little bit about the pre-development is that like you you hold firm on that suggestion or is there an, another route that someone could explore that wants to be a little more creative
2: If if you're ready to buy and you were looking for an investment but you also want to live in it anything with a separate entrance proper height in the basement like you know just doing things to code obviously but yeah. having that separate unit in the basement is your bread and butter house yeah. hacking um even better if you can get a triplex or a fourplex if you have the ability to do so. Yeah, you know, living in one unit and renting out the other three, you'll be able to live for free. If not, you know, you might be spending a couple hundred bucks a month.
0: Yeah, but you're paying down a massive portion. Of exactly.
2: The yeah. yeah, and that's you know, the, there's it, it's so it's not easy, but there's so many properties where um, they have a separate entrance or if you, again, if you have capital, you can put in a separate entrance. Yeah. Like there's always solutions to do this stuff. Yeah. But house hacking is by far the best way to, to do that. And, and, and you can even live downstairs right in yeah. the upstairs. Cause you'll make more money that way. Yeah.
0: That's true too. Yeah. If you're willing to take the head and you're like, ah, I'm yeah. you know, in my house for this much and I don't do all that much, whatever. Yeah. Um, I guess in layman terms, what is house hacking just for our listeners who may not know what that means?
2: Yeah. So uh, essentially you'll buy a property that has um two or more units you'll live in one of the units, rent out the other one um you know if you're living in a house by yourself, mortgage is all on you that debt service is all on you uh, so having that alleviated pressure with somebody else helping you pay the mortgage if not paying the full mortgage if not cash flowing mm-hmm. that is uh that is house hacking so um like you said yeah that's you know there's there's really no better way to get into, not get into the market, but there's, there's no better way to
0: start out and yeah. really build a foundation so that you can take that move yeah. it onward and just continue to grow. Exactly. Almost like you did, but yeah, exactly. obviously different times, but, um, yeah, same principles, yeah. right. Um, I guess my next question is, you know, I, I know you said, um, you know, look for a multi-family house. What are some things that you look for to assess that? Like other specific components to a house uh i know you said some obviously come with a second entrance um what would be some of the requirements that you look for in a house because i'm I'm sure unless i'm wrong i feel like most houses could be converted or unless i'm thinking wrong here
2: yeah yeah um first one is zoning uh of course if the zoning is i mean you can always apply for a um a variance a zoning change um Depends on the city. I mean, Hamilton is going to be a lot harder than Niagara region, Welland, for example. Why is that? Um, Hamilton. So ha- Hamilton's funny because there's... I-, I don't exactly know why the city's harder to deal with there. It's, Maybe just to
0: weed out investors? Could or? be.
2: Yeah, it could be. You know, there's so many people that are doing illegal basement suites or yeah, illegal fair. upper suites, whatever it may be. So they're cracking down on that. They're saying, well, you know, this basement is... Six feet uh, to yeah. the height. It, it's there's no egress window. There's no you know no proper fire escape. So
0: yeah. So um, there are. So there's quite a decent amount of requirements in terms of code for to sure. make it like legally. Yeah. rentable for yeah. multi multi-family
2: yeah people are people say oh you read a listing you're like it's an in-law suite it's an in-law suite downstairs it's like you can, you have to duck and i'm tiny and i have to yeah <laughs> like ducking when i walk downstairs it's like this is not it's legal. not livable when no. you're five foot something and having to go through <laughs> yeah. the door it's a problem yeah yeah it's not it's not uh it's not right and you know that's when i first started in investing i was just looking at affordability from yeah. Just a, a pure affordability standpoint. I need something that's under this price and and buy it. And I need the numbers to kind of make sense. But if I'm losing money, it's okay. Now, when I look at something, um, it's, you know, it, how far are we from the main stack? How much is this plumbing going to cost if we have to trench it? You know, how much is it going to cost for an egress window here? Um, so a little more aggressive with it, but um, there's, if you have those requirements with, with parking, if you have double wide parking, if you have, you know, I, I like to look at seven foot basements, it's yeah. obviously nicer for for the tenants for More attractive future resale. Yeah. market Yeah. Uh, so if you have those, if you have a separate entrance, um, and your big ticket items are, are solid, your furnace, AC roof windows, if they're all good. Then, then I'll usually pull the trigger on that.
1: So, so this is like a, so far what I'm hearing is. You have to kind of understand and write down what are your goals? Are you looking for a place that you need to live in? Are you looking to purely make this an investment? How hands-on do you want to be? Um, What is your risk tolerance? And so some deals might be riskier. Some scenarios might be riskier. um, And you just have to sort of weigh that with other things going on in your life including like interest rates are a piece of that, in, that, that risk. even condition of the home. Yeah. H- how much do you have available to invest is obviously another. You could want to go do something that's risky, lots of upside, checks all the boxes on your goals, but you got $10,000. So you got to sort of like scope <laughs> the right thing. Um, you brought up a good point around, will you be doing this alone or with others? And your recommendation, especially if you've never done one before, is where and when possible to, to join forces with someone else. It just makes all of the three things below or above that I just listed easier, might be able to align goals, balances your risk, uh, allows you to have more usually, uh, available to invest. And then what are some of the other things, or, or maybe that's all, what are maybe any of the other things that you think people should be considering when purchasing an investment property other than those sort of items to go through and list down
2: i think you listed a lot of the important ones um capital you know are you willing to do the work do you have the resources the biggest one is resources do Uh, do you have do do you
1: have access so like yeah yeah, we're talking about converting something yeah but if you do not if you're going to pay market rate and hope to find a contractor that yeah. has time and is going to slot you in, and is going to be honest about the pricing. Yeah. then you're toast. Yeah. You're already you're already at a setback, most exactly. likely.
2: And, and just to speak on that, you could get a, a handy randy in there who's going to, you know, say all oh, this will be done in in four weeks. First of all, the contractor tells you a time, triple it because it's never done. Yeah, you're always going to find stuff behind the walls. Um, but being resourceful. <clears throat> should start before you're investing. So if I'm a first, like before I bought my first place, I was on the phone with landlords who own 30 plus properties. What do you guys do? You know, how do you, how do you handle this? How do you handle this? And I look back at, I actually still have the questions on a, in a notepad. And I look back at those questions. I'm like, I can't believe I asked those. Hmm. (laughs) They're just so such basic questions. I probably could have Googled them, but, um, yeah, you kind of labeled everything. I mean, capital requirement and, and, you know, yeah, the big one for sure, being resourceful. And that's why I say partner with somebody cuz if somebody's done it before, they have the resources. And instead of you going through one and completely messing up the first investment, which you probably would statistically, right? You're going to go through one you've never done it before, you're you're going to make mistakes. And that's fine. Good like good for you for taking the leap. But it could be expedited, you know, massively just by partnering with somebody who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You can watch how it works, you can pick up their their uh, their tendencies you can take who they're using their trades um and that'll help you build that relationship and and completely just expedite your process so sure.
1: on this like regardless which option you take, I don't know what the cheapest would be, and maybe you can actually outline like is the cheapest way to get in as a first time home buyer in a new construction, maybe that's your actually your lowest amount, but what is? The minimum you need to get started here, whether you're going to live in it or whether you're going to co invest in something, most people are probably like. I have ten thousand saved up. I have fifty thousand. I have one hundred. Like people, what what is the clip to get started in the lowest denominator? Whether that's partnering on something or whether that's buying a pre construction, like what is the minimum people probably need to sort of get get in and kind of live up to where where their dreams and aspirations are.
2: If you're buying new construction, I think the, the biggest thing that is, uh, uh, you know, the biggest attraction about new construction is the deposit structure because you can put down 5% now, 5% in 90 days, 5% one year from now, 5% on closing, you have a lot of time to save up. Whereas if you are buying, um, you know, a duplex, you're going to need, you'll need 20 down for sure. If you're buying a single family house that you're going to live in, you can get away with five. So it depends on your goals. If you need somewhere to live or if you want somewhere to live, if that's your goal, you need a house 5% down is obviously or 10%, whatever it may be. I'd like to advise people to try and avoid, avoid the CMHC fee. But if that's your way in, then so be it. Uh, but new construction is the most ideal deposit structure. So if that's, again, if that's your only way in, then then so be it. But Um, yeah, there's, there's a couple options. You can also get into, like I said, being resourceful. If you have a family, a family member that's had a house, they bought in 97 and they've got a ton of equity and you want to bring them in on a deal and you know how to structure it. You know how to, um, if you can create an Excel sheet and kind of pitch them on something and say, Hey, if you borrow $300,000 on your home equity line of credit, let's buy this deal. You know, here's here are the numbers on it, and that's I, I, like we'll get into this in a second, I'm sure. But working yeah. with a realtor who knows what they're doing, I I know for one, if I, if a client came to me and said, hey, can you put together a spreadsheet? I want to I want to help, uh, you know, I want to pitch my my uncle on why he should take out a home equity line, and we should buy this deal on uh, you know Bonita Drive. I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Let's for sure. I'll put together a, a spreadsheet. We'll go bring it to him. I'll say, hey, this is what you could do. He'll he'll loan the money. You run the project, and and I'll find the deal. So I'll bring in the deal. Project will be run. Uncle sits back, relaxes on his lawn chair. He's chilling. And at the end of the, at the end of it, when we sell this house, um, you know, person A who's being resourceful gets fifty percent. Uncle gets fifty percent and his repayment of his line of credit. So like it's very hard to answer. There's so many ways to get into it. Depends on you know. But it does depends on back, individual. It comes
1: back to this piece around like maybe there's scenarios to partner. Maybe you do it alone, which actually, shameless plug, I think we talked earlier um, as part of Van Geese Group that you're part of, there's a Just Invest arm that'll be opening up that is actually meant to be turnkey of bringing people together, Yep. whether they're people that you know in your circle or pairing with other people who you will meet and figuring out what is the amount of money, what is your goals and bringing you together on a project with the resources provided. Being that you might not have them and helps make that way more passive, so that is an option we'll make sure to link it yeah now let's let let's maybe just talk about some of your scenarios like you've you've obviously been in this space um evolution construction, you've done a bunch of properties since uh two thousand and seventeen um have you ever bought a property and converted it uh you know take us through that process like was it daunting what would you advise for people to do? What are the things that you need to make sure of before going into that? If, if someone who is just starting out wanted to go down that route, what, what, what was your experience?
2: First thing I do is uh, if I see a property that's zoned incorrectly, mm-hmm. um, you know, if it's zoned for a duplex and it's listed as a single family, then I'm all over it. Uh, I always try to call the city. Well, I don't always try. I do call the city before every deal I've ever purchased. Just to get a clarification on what are what is the actual zoning? What are the what are the uses that are permitted? Can we do a duplex? Can we do a like Welland, for example, RL one? I talk about this all the time. Allows for a, a legal duplex with an accessory unit. So you know you could go from an agent that maybe maybe doesn't understand the zoning. We'll put R one, but in reality, I call the city and it's RL one, and now I'm like. You're selling it for single family prices. I'm going to buy this at a single family price of $520. This is the deal that we're doing right now. I'll buy this for $520. We'll do a legal duplex on it with an accessory unit downstairs. And we'll get an appraisal of $890. So now we've, uh, we're have we able to borrow back all of our money. Plus a profit of $36,000 for me and $36,000 for my partner. And that's tax-free. So, you know, it, there's there's zoning is, is for sure one of the biggest things that you have to look at. Um, that, that would be probably the first and, and
1: And, and anybody can call for zoning. It's just, is this something that me as a person looking to purchase a property, invest in, I should do, is this something you could ask your realtor to do? Um, and where do you go to find out? Obviously there's each municipality, but how do you know, like, you're rhyming off R1, RL2, R2-D2, like, <laughs> yeah. right? Like yeah. there's, there's a whole bunch of coding. And so how do I even learn about what is useful?
2: So the cities, each city has a bylaw wow. um, page, like a PDF. So you click that. I just do the command F so I can quickly search something. I type in. Um, That's fine for, for anyone. Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> man, <when> I, <laughs> yeah. I command F my yeah. R2-D2 yeah. and he shows up and delivers me coffee. Real estate agents, man, just <laughs> yeah. so good with tech. Yeah, I'm not at all. Yeah but they um if you type in RL1 on the Welland uh bylaw for example it'll just take you right there and um it'll tell you permitted uses right there and, and what
1: what is the what is the the zoning for more than one unit like what what are the is the is the zoning that is useful for building conversions and multiple residents the same in all municipalities same coding
2: no uh like Welland RL1 to my knowledge is, is, is only in Welland. Like if I'm looking at. Um, so
1: rl one's not a thing in Oakville or.
2: No, there's like, it depends on the, it depends on the city. Like okay. they're all, um, I'm not going to say like RL1 doesn't exist anywhere else. It might. I, okay. I don't know. Most of my investing, all of my investing is in Niagara. Got it. So I know that one best. So what does yeah. that
1: equate to RL1? What does that say? Hey, you can do this.
2: Yeah. So you can do duplex with an accessory suite. RL2 triplex with an accessory. And that could be a garage conversion if the city allows it.
1: So it's like a unit above a garage.
2: Yeah. So you're char- right in the garage. If there's a like a like a door, you need two escape, like two yeah. access points. Um it, it's it's kind of crazy when you really get into it and you start doing some serious research on it.
0: You realize like how much you actually can yeah. do. Yeah. I guess uh just for our listeners, um, can you maybe break down in layman terms again uh what zoning is cuz some people may not know what the heck zoning yep. is and like did this whole ZL1 and <laughs> yeah. ZR1 R2D2 mean absolutely R2 nothing D2. To so yeah just like in layman terms it, it, just break it down
2: any every city every property has uh a zoning code and that zoning code is going to tell you what you can do what per, what uses you can have in that property for example you know there's residential there's commercial whatever there's industrial zoning um if you know, it, like I said, if 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 the zoning allows for a duplex, it doesn't mean you can just go in and throw a kitchen downstairs and yeah. say I own a duplex. You you have to get proper drawings and permits and everything done. Yeah. The city has to know about it.
0: At well, um, least you know it's possible. Yeah,
2: you have to. That's exactly what it is. The, the zoning will tell you what exactly is is possible with your property. And a lot of times, like I said, realtors. Um, not to knock on realtors, you know, but (laughs) like realtors will, will, uh, zone a a property in prop, uh, like they'll, they'll put something that's R1, for example, and it's R1C, it's RC, it's RM.
0: They they didn't do enough research on the property.
1: Yeah. And if they're not looking at it with that lens, I think that's part of it, right? They're like, they're looking at a lens where I'm selling the property and the person's going to use it as is. They're not thinking always about these nuances. And so your point is, if you are looking at it under that lens, make sure that you do secondary diligence on what's there because there could be some gems.
2: I talked to a realtor who bought a property in St. Catharines and she said, uh, you know, she was just asking me questions. And, you know, I said, oh, well, you could do this, you could do that. And she says, well, what do you mean I could do this? I said, well, your property is zoned for a duplex. She says, no, 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 it's single oh. family. I said, I'm looking at it right now on um, on the uh, the zoning uh, bylaw site. I was like, you can, you can do a duplex. She didn't know. So she bought this house, like good for her. Cause yeah, she, got, huge, she got a good huge deal. Yeah. yeah. And and she didn't know what the zoning was. So uh, uh, like if anybody's, if you're going to buy a property, you, you should probably look up what the zoning is before you buy it.
0: it we're, like just understand that. So is this something that me personally, if I see a listing on MLS, um, if I were to go on MLS, where would I go to find this zoning framework? Right? Like where would I go to find some sort of code? Is there like a proprietary code for each property, which you then put into the municipalities page and it'll be like this property, here's the zoning code.
2: So uh, on every MLS sheet, there's a zoning section. Oh, OK. And some agents just put residential. They don't put the, the, actual, the actual code. Like code. So from there, I'll see what city it's in. If it's, if it's um, you know, Niagara Falls, I'm calling the city of Niagara Falls, zoning department. I'm saying, hey, just confirming the zoning on this, what are the permitted uses?
0: And you'll just tell them the address. Yeah. So they'll have that on right. Exactly. Okay, and, cool. and
2: from there, they'll tell you what it is. You know, if they reference the bylaw, then sure, I'll go look at the bylaw and just double check everything.
0: Do they put you on hold
2: for $15? Oh, yeah. Sometimes you have to wait for a month for an answer, but- Are you serious? You know what? It's funny because wow. if I'm trying to get a hold of them, I just call, 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 call. And the more you call them, you you build up a,
0: a rapport with yes, exactly. whoever is on yep. the other line. You you know you know Jim, Stacy, and yep. and uh, Kayla are the, yep. the regulars. Some great names, <laughs> yeah. Whoever they're whoever all about it diversity is, right? on this so. podcast. But um, okay, no that that's interesting. I think uh, like I this whole zoning, I understood what it like zoning is, but this whole ZL two talk definitely haven't heard this. Sounds like a car model to me, but, <laughs> but no, that's that's
1: super helpful. Um, That's really good to consider. Do we want to maybe, because the personal question that I've always wondered is when you think about, so we've talked about, uh, I I actually want to like circle back to the beginning and almost check through each land. How does purchasing land work and how do you make money on land? You pretty much have to sit on it for a while.
2: Yeah. So a lot of guys will buy it straight up cash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some people will buy land with a construction loan, so they'll have to build in a certain period of time. Oh, okay. Um, I have some contacts who have purchased land, like I said earlier,
1: and like 5% down, 20% down actually doesn't work on land, right?
2: No, it's very different than just buying a, a, a normal property, but I have contacts that have purchased land and they'll go to the city. They'll apply for, um, you know, townhouses or a, a sub subdivision, for example, and they'll get it all mapped out. And then they'll say, you know, hey, hey, we bought this as, you know, whatever this zoning, and they've converted the zoning, so they've they've changed the zoning, and now this this land that they paid a million bucks for is now worth ten million dollars. Wow! So there's a lot of opportunity there. It it takes a lot more capital, mm-hmm. a lot more and patience, time, probably time, yeah. Right. Yeah, especially whatever you city you're dealing million with and bucks
1: you <laughs> you can't do any less than yeah. land is what no less than 50% down right yeah like you can't yeah. mortgage a land for 10% down
2: no no yeah it's like all um it's 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 the only way why is that i, I it's just
0: like they just didn't so that people can't just be buying stupid amounts of yeah. land and really i mean
2: people couldn't buy it anyway it's it's expensive especially yeah. like Like, look at, look at land in Burlington. Look at,
0: well, this is where I have an interesting scenario for you guys. Um, and this is where I have a question too. Initially, I'll just ask this. Is it possible to buy an acre of land? And, and this may be a silly question and only half an acre is buildable. Like you can build on only half an acre of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. Do you know that going into the purchase? Like, or could you, if you got like pre-approval from the city or something like that? You
2: could, yeah. So for example, if you're buying a a lot that's um, uh, Windecker, John had a listing on Windecker. It was uh, 10 acres. Mm -hmm. And I had a couple of people ask me, hey, can you you build on the back side of the lot? And I said, well, I'm not sure. Let me call the city. Called the city. They said, hey, call the conservation authority. Call the conservation authority. They said... There's a, there's a watershed that runs along the backside of the lot. You can't build past, I forget the exact, uh, portion of the lot, but you can't build anything back there. You can't put anything there at all. I mean, non-permitted, sure. <laughs> yeah. But nobody's going to see yeah. it out there. you can but-
0: not get thrown out of there if you put a bicycle <laughs> on it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but like you can't, it, 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 there was, there's definitely restrictions to yeah. some areas of, of, of okay. lots. Yeah.
0: So I guess if you do your proper due diligence, you can understand that prior to buying the property. Yeah. Okay,
1: yep. so, um, so land is land is a long, To close off the land one, it's pretty much a long hold or elbow grease to convert it into something.
2: Yeah, or if you have an, he, if you have an like something like if you have a, a somebody in your ear saying, "Hey, this is this property is zoned for development," mm, um, so, then you know, yeah. obviously, some some somebody with capital is going to be able to jump on that and, and yeah. do that conversion. So
0: this is where I'm curious actually, and this is what it's going to lead into. Um, a friend actually we were just looking around and he showed me uh and i won't say the specific row because i'm not trying to get this thing taken off the market just in case it is like a, i don't know a diamond in the, it's probably not in the rough um but it was a property in a very nice area of burlington uh, i think it was over an acre um and it was selling for was it 499 599 would that, no way, <laughs> no, yeah, like this. So that's where I wonder maybe like half, like more than half so of that. It's got a
1: gas pipeline right through the yeah, house. no, the,
0: but that's what I want. Like, and I'm telling you, like, if uh, after this podcast, I'm not trying to reveal the secrets and kind of sewer <laughs> my friend in case he does want to pursue it. Um, yeah, like it, it seemed mind blowing to me the area that I was in and the cost that it was. So that's where I wonder, like. I didn't read the fine details, but maybe it's like, yeah, maybe only like a quarter of that's actually like you can build a nice 500 square foot shack on it. And that's about it. And you have a ton of backyard.
2: Yeah. It could be exactly that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times, you know, people look at, yeah. You know, land- Niagara, the lake, for example, has a lot of agricultural land um, where uh, to my knowledge, I think you can only have a, a, pro- a house and a, a barn or a garage. So it's, it's, you know, it's not, you can't develop it. So, yeah. the value of and, and sometimes be there's land
1: that you can buy that is protected land where you can buy the land, but you actually can't do anything with it. Yeah. Nothing at all. You Don't can just flex, so you have four acres. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah. You can flex, you have four acres and you go there with a tent in your car. And that's about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> could have, you could put a motorhome on it. No,
2: up north, there's a lot of that up north. Yeah. Sturgeon yeah. Falls, Nothing like permanent, I guess. A lot of stuff up there where you can't build on it.
1: So, then the next is, um, a single family home, which you can buy to live in, obviously. That's what most most people do.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, or you can buy it and rent it out. I think in the area we live in, you're probably not getting into many scenarios where you're cash flow positive on that scenario. You have to go like we're, we're, and, and for anyone listening, I know we have listeners all the way from like Australia and like England and stuff, at least in the GTA. The GTA in Ontario, Which in is, Canada. To clarify Greater Toronto area. Yeah. For- in in this area, you're not going to be cash flow positive, most likely, on a single family unless you put in some work. Yeah. Um, so we can check that one pretty quick. After that, you get into could you take a single family and use it as a short-term rental? So single family, long-term rental might not be cash flow positive it is single family, but short-term rental. Can you, can we talk about short-term rentals for a bit? How does that work? And short-term rental, like let's clarify that it's also not just like Airbnb three nights. It's like, sometimes people rent for like two, like three a month, months yeah. and there's like a premium yeah. on that. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the area. Um, you know, I know, Niagara Falls hotspot people are going to go downtown Crystal Beach was an Airbnb hotspot still is for people who own them what's happening there now and actually in St. Catharines North St. Catharines near Portoluzzi they're cracking down on Airbnbs
0: really how so
2: uh so Crystal Beach for example you can't you know let's say I'm a I'm a seller and I'm selling my property um for 700k and I'm I'm running a profitable Airbnb, $75,000 revenue per year. I can't sell that as an Airbnb right now because Crystal Beach says pause no more Airbnb. We're not we're not issuing any more licenses. So you're them. either
1: grandfathered in. Yep. but the next owner doesn't exactly. get that. Exactly.
2: It doesn't transfer on closing. So the new buyer can't get it. And again they they've only allowed a certain amount of licenses to be issued. Up until right now, yeah, you can't get anything else. So the city's going to have a meeting. They'll talk about it. And they're bringing in, uh, I forget what the guy said. I talked to the city guy. Um, But they're going to make a final decision essentially later this year. uh, And... You know, they'll, go they'll from come there. Out, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's and they just do that
0: so. You know, the the Hoyer isn't just filled with Airbnbs. Yeah, and they
1: have no permanent residence.
2: because that's all it would be, really. Yeah. I mean, investors coming in buying an Air, buying an Airbnb. Yeah. It's a nice nice area. No,
1: but, it is. Well, and we were talking to Jordan too, right? Yeah, like there's also like if you
0: are by no so he so one of my buddies he was actually on the show so shout out to jordan uh (laughs) jay solo i know he was out in like mexico living his best life (laughs) i'm waiting to
1: rip his tracks while driving around yeah exactly (laughs)
0: um so they actually have an airbnb in hamilton um and pause
2: was he the independent artist yeah Yeah. yeah, okay right on right on. yeah. yeah. yeah
0: so he um he was saying how they they have a lot of uh like short-term rentals that are not just like a few days, like they'll have, he's had like um, medical professionals who are renting it for like three months at a time. Cause they're here for, you know, I don't know specifically what they were doing at yeah, like McMaster hospital. So yeah. Like they're a specialist in, in the medical field. And so they're here for three months to work at McMaster or Hamilton general. So he's had a few of those, but like, he was saying that. He also
1: said like movie filmings too, yeah, right? Movie, like they yeah, they, they, they went castings. out for like two, three months. Movie cast. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So like you have a variety, and uh, so apparently Hamilton's somewhat of a hot spot for just random semi. well, still short term. They're short terms,
1: but they're short terms that are long, a little short easier. Terms. To, yeah, yeah, they're
0: long short terms, which is nice because yep. you get that upfront payment. You know it's covered for the month. You don't gotta. But he was saying even even so when he doesn't have those um he hasn't had a single day where it wasn't rented out in hamilton ontario wow well, yeah i was like i was pretty blown away and i was like you no nah, you're just you're just joking around he's like no I, I swear uh so i don't know maybe i haven't even checked out his like pricing maybe it's priced really well like, it looks like, nice. Like, like Sondren's Turo. Yeah, yeah. Like Sondren's Turo. You got a 350,000 kilometer Lexus for seven, was it 50 bucks a day?
1: Yeah, I think it's like 60 <laughs> bucks a day. I mean, rightfully so. But
0: um, <laughs> no, yeah. So that was pretty cool to think about. So that's an, that's an interesting, like, do you have any experience with short-term rentals? Is that something you've considered? Do you know people who are successful in it? Like, I, I know of one person who's done it and so far seems pretty successful.
2: I've never done it personally. I've um, had clients that have done it mm-hmm. and I've had a lot of success with it. I have one contact, uh, a good buddy of mine who um, created, uh, he started by doing short-term rentals with, with his own properties and then he moved on to Airbnb management. And now he's, um,
0: he's, he manages Airbnb. Yeah.
2: And they do really well.
0: Yeah. Cause he'll just like hire a cleanup crew. Yeah, it's like decoration. 20, 20, decorate them. Yeah. yeah for sure. Wow. Like interior design,
2: cool. they do everything Wow, all on it's the schnazzy. seller or the owner's Dime, of course, but they're doing twenty percent. They're taking twenty percent. Yeah, property. it's actually but like Blue actually Mountain. Be, yeah. Blue Mountain
0: has one that, like, they I know they manage like forty. They, they
1: take a massive cut. Though, they do in Blue they Mountain. Do. That's something different. But you know what? Actually, might be cool is one of these shows. I saw we got to bring Dave on, and uh, my buddy Dave is actually working on real estate investing. He's been doing it for a very long time. Does it for a bunch of first responders. He's got a whole like thing around it. Um, but he's recently been looking into this in in the United States. And so what we might do is maybe we'll bring you back, Jason, and we'll bring Dave on because you'll have a bunch of great questions Call it too. the Realtor's
0: Corner. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: and I, I'd love for Dave to talk us through this because we've been talking about short-term rentals, like short-term, like long one multi-week stays, but in like Florida or um, uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, like Lower places the where there's people... That whether they are medical professionals or people that are traveling or people going there and like, hey, I want to work and live here for a month or two with my family. So I'd love to learn more about it. So it's it's interesting. You've had people that have done it. We can't go talk super deep on that one, but I think we will. We'll we'll do that as a takeaway. Yeah. Um multiplex. Hmm. Let's talk about that one a little bit. Um
0: wait, before you jump yeah. into that, one quick question, just because I actually don't fully understand. So, say you buy a property with the intention to use it as a short term rental, Airbnb. Examples like you said with Port Duluthie or is it Crystal Beach? Yep. Um, so, like, you can get it declined then, right? Like, you don't, you're not guaranteed that you're going to get that thing up on Airbnb. So, I guess uh, at that point, it's just like, what do you do? A quick pivot and just try and actually oh, rent it out. List it <laughs> on Craigslist or something. I don't know.
2: Probably, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, long term rental sure you can always do that um some people if you look on airbnb look at all the all the places in niagara falls for example yeah. there's so many there's a lot yeah. yeah and i would argue probably half are not legal niagara falls is interesting for that because you need commercial zoning mm-hmm. for yeah. airbnb
1: like so, anywhere in niagara falls
2: yeah it's like you, i and i i just talked to the guy at the city and again they're cracking down to their issuing fines wow. but you know, some I, I know a guy, um, form like an old client of mine from two years ago. I haven't doubled him since, but he, um, you know, he's been getting fined, doesn't care because <laughs> he's, he's making, making so much money. Yeah. yeah. So he's just, you know, doesn't care. The The neighbor's are okay with it. Mm. But again, if you, and if you got bad neighbors, good luck. But yeah, you know, it's becoming increasingly, increasingly difficult there, especially there, there's a couple of new developments going on in the falls. But, um, You know, <clears throat> look at Cottage Country. I mean, it went bananas over yeah, the last two years. Yeah, some people have to
1: go where you're basically not able to broadly rent it out. You're almost just doing it to friends and family where you're not yep. renting it. Yeah, you might be charging them and e-transfer me, but you're effectively only giving it out to friends and family. You create like your own little personal
0: circle. Like yeah, they, uh, people. Exactly, some people have yeah. to.
1: Actually, one of the Airbnbs that we used to go to, um with my my wife's family we used to go every year we we're going to go again this year this will probably be our 6th or 7th year um they they no longer offer rentals in that area through Airbnb but so she obviously a little- has <laughs> a solid rolodex of now friends and family uh who can come visit and get charged a better rate and just e-transfer her and no fees for her and one through Airbnb yeah. and whatnot So not. it works out a little yeah. bit okay for everybody but obviously, she's now bound to people that she has a bit of a relationship with, and she trusts to do in that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that can that can really um, mess you up if you bought a cottage with the intent purely of Airbnb being it, and now you're stuck. So it is another thing to pay attention to. Which, to your point earlier, if you've never done this before, pairing up with people that have can help make sure you don't get uh, yeah. You don't get to a no shit moment.
2: Yeah. And and cottage country could be different because you could have uh your ne- your neighbors could be weekenders as well. Mm. So they're not gonna care. I mean they're going and up. And usually
0: you're far enough apart.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So it's a little different there. Um, you know, anybody with a cottage there's there's no city guy coming coming and issuing a fine. You know, know, I don't know. I mean, but. You got Constable Definitely Bill. not up there. He's having a beer with you instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Taking a snowmobile up the road. Just uh...
0: taking it down <laughs> to the bush with a 12 gauge for <laughs> yeah. some fun. But um, so continue
1: on your question. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, but no, I no. Just, it's fine. I, I want to get into multiplex next. Yeah. And I think multiplex, maybe just explain what it is. High level. But I think the question that's going to come to mind with multiplex. And we'll merge. Maybe we mulch, merge multiplex and burr a little bit and then we can dive deeper into burr um what is it how does it work and when you're converting like i think the question that i've always wondered how much does it actually cost to do some of these things like what is the average budget for renovations and conversion in a decent level um you can give a high and low range but i always think people are hey, I can buy this house, spend 50 bucks on paint, I'm good. Whereas other people might think, I buy this house to do renovations and upgrades is a half a million dollars. And so maybe give us like- Who have you met that said that? (laughs) $50 on paint? Some people. I'm painting one
0: wall. No, I'm just kidding, but yeah.
2: So uh, yeah, multiplex, of course, anything, we'll just say anything over one unit. Yep. Duplex plus. Um, Capital requirement- with uh w- we'll say with Burr. We'll we'll talk we'll talk about Burr. In my experience, you know, obviously you have your twenty percent down. Anything anything past that, your rental costs are gonna range from the lowest one that I've ever had is fifty eight thousand.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna say fifty eight bucks. No, like, no, no no <laughs> No, fifty eight thousand.
2: Um okay. the most expensive
1: and that was pretty recent, like Obviously we gotta go buy whatever material got, that was pretty literally
2: like right now. It's happen it's like happening right now. Okay,
1: so we'll round up 60 grand, 60K, dead, dead cheapest reno. Yeah,
2: and, and that's that's adding, you know, we're not just buying places, we're buying places that are awful. Like I try I try to buy places that are awful and just really add value to them. In the beginning, I would have <laughs> fully gutted this place because I thought that was the thing to do. As you start to get more experience. You're like, well, it doesn't need to be gutted. We can still get away with, you know, adding new light fixtures, new floor, baseboard paint, kitchen, um, just making it look really presentable for the tenant, really presentable for any potential buyer in the future. I'm not going to do a, you know, 30K reno and then have to do another 70K reno before I sell it five years down the road. Um, so, you know, just kind of getting those into, um, you know, it, it, the cap, yeah, it, it'll be ranging from 80 to 250K. Okay. 250 would be like single family to six. Single family to triplex, like 100K, 120K. Um, but, and that's
1: mm-hmm. over and above whatever you put down.
2: Yes. Yeah, your down payment, 20%, 20, 30%. Because right. if you're getting into bigger multifamily deals, you'll need 30, 35.
1: Got it. Down. So 20 to 35% down. Yep. Plus Wise 80 up. to 250.
2: They just require you to uh, have a little more skin in the game
0: when it when it's more than one.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and, and this is a totally different topic, but there's private lenders, Calvert Mortgages. Shout out Calvert Mortgages. Mm-hmm. We we'll like them. <laughs> yeah, they they are. Uh, I haven't gone through them yet, but I've discussed with uh, with Jesse, um, and you know he's mentioned to me they'll fund pretty much any deal up to 800k with 20 grand down, which is a game changer for people. In terms of you know capital requirements, if we're talking about down payments, if you're like oh I'm, you know 600k, I need 120k down, it's like no, you actually need 20 grand down. Interest rate's pretty high.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say like what's the interest
2: 15. rate? 15.9%. Okay. But. But if you have cash flow positive. Yes, and 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 you're only gonna have it until you refinance. So you know this rental that we're doing right now in Niagara Falls is gonna take us 30 days. Mm-hmm. It's a 30 day renovation, and that's guys, we're buzzing like we're flying. Uh, so that's not. Common, it's rare to have that, but, um, you know, these, these, the, even if it was three months, 15% is, is okay. I mean, it's not in terms of the risk that you're in for, uh, in this project for 20K is very minimal. Mm-hmm. I've had deal, the biggest deal I've, I've done, I was in for probably $250,000 all in, um, and uh, like down payment and down payment rent and rentals. rentals yeah. yeah. And, uh, and you know, those can be stressful. I mean, you're taking all of your active income savings, shoving it into this investment. And it's like, you know, what's going to go wrong next? You know, what are we going to have to deal but with? That's,
1: that's the beauty of what you said earlier. If you partner, yes. Um, so now you take two fifty and yep. you split that two or three ways you can reduce it's still a lot of money. Yep. We're not we're not putting that aside, but you've reduced your risk a little. So yeah. if 250 becomes 270. The extra 20 20k split three ways is a little bit easier to bear. Um because things do happen in projects, right? Actually on on that point, what's like on a general project, what would you say is um is a good security buffer? Like 10 Ten percent,
2: fifteen percent,
1: fifteen percent of that total amount we're talking of down payment plus... plus fifteen percent
2: of your of your rental cost.
1: Fifteen percent of your rental cost. Yes. Yeah, so, so if we're saying hundred k, hundred add one hundred and fifteen just to be safe.
2: Yep. Yep. And and that should be enough. Now I'll say before you buy, you need to go in. It, it's crazy right now. You're buying a property, no conditions because of the bidding wars. Mm-hmm. You've seen it for ten minutes. You don't know what's in the attic, you don't know what's behind the walls, yeah, so I don't know scary. what's behind my walls so <laughs> e- <laughs> exactly, so expect the worst Prompts. when you're renovating yeah it's always there's always going to be an issue when you're renovating a property it's not like you know, I'm going to buy this house and and these are my numbers, and this is exact yeah if you buffer if you if you include that buffer that's when you'll be you'll be better off in uh you know through that rental process there's always going to be an issue, no matter what unless you're just doing you know lipstick on a on a pig. And yeah. in this market, the only lipstick on a pig is, is lipstick on a dead pig because you, you have to do something more than a cosmetic reno. Yeah. You know, properties in Hamilton are selling for 500 K are hoarder houses and they have junk piled up to the ceilings. So yeah, there's always, there's always things that'll go wrong. 10 to 15% usually tread on the 15% side. Um, I've had projects where I'm working now I get a call from, from a contractor. Hey, basement's leaking you know, water's coming down, uh, Niagara Falls house, basement leak, water's coming down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. We got Niagara Falls in the basement here, Jason.
2: (laughs) Water's coming down through the chimney. Um, we had, uh, you know, we had to repair the chimney We had to waterproof the basement. We had, uh, carpenter ants. Oh gosh. Yeah. So this is like, you know, the the house was a hundred years old, a little over a hundred years old. So, you know, and, and I, I walked through it for five minutes, maybe, maybe five minutes. I saw a dead rat in the basement. I was like, man, this place is probably good. It's, you know, (laughs) smells. (laughs) We can get a deal here. Yeah. If it smells bad, it smells like money. But, um, you know, it was, uh, it was the hardest project that I've done. And that was just a single family flip. There was nothing, no conversion, nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, hindsight should have never even opened up the walls. (laughs) Should have just threw some paint on it. New floors, kitchen, put it on the market because you know, especially right now with the market going the way it is, it's uh, it's a lot easier to make money. Yeah. Everybody can be a real estate investor right now. Mm-hmm. But when you start to understand the, the ins and outs of it, zoning, um, you know, like I said, being resourceful, once you have those resources in place, it makes it a lot easier.
1: Mm-hmm. So coming back to that, how does someone find a great deal or can you even find great deals anymore? Like how do you do that? Yeah. Here?
0: How do you go, but and don't obviously spill all your secrets and, you know, take yourself out of business here, but give yeah. us some good fundamentals that you use when you're searching.
2: It, it's a numbers game essentially. So, you know, if I'm looking at the MLS, I look every single day for properties. Um, I will scour through the second I see something. I'll save it and I'll book a showing. So let's say, you know, if I'm doing five showings a week, I'm putting in two offers a week. You know, if I get one of those, great. If not, which right now it's, it's very difficult because you're getting outbid. Yeah. You want to buy the property at a certain price. I want to buy it for this price. I need to put this much into it. Yeah. Like you have your calculated
0: offer where it's, it's a beneficial purchase for you.
2: Yeah. So I need to know, these are my numbers. This is what I want to make on the deal. This is what I'll offer. Uh, And it's very difficult right now because of bidding wars. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, finding deals off market is, is, Ideal. Best, yeah. yeah. It's harder because it's hard it's hard to convince a seller that you're gonna pay them five hundred when the streets they know their neighbor sold for six fifty. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not that receptive to it, but yeah. um, but it's worth a shot. You always have to just you know, for me, again, it's it's a numbers game. Yeah. Put in offers, 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 offers. Eventually you'll get one. Yeah. And then that's the one that uh that'll make you some money.
0: Um off market properties, is that just a matter of, you know, knowing a, a listing agent and Having that conversation with them before they put it up on, yeah, Probably.
2: Literally, that's probably the internal best connections. Way. Yeah, yeah, if you're on social, like I mean, every realtor's on social. They love yeah. their social media. Oh yeah. Um, but Tons if I see, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, funny. I saw a property on um, online in Welland for, uh, two forty nine three weeks ago, hmm. and I called my buddy. I said 249. $2. $2. Called my buddy. I said, Hey, this is on the street. So I own two properties on the street. I called my buddy. I said, Hey, let's put an offer on this house. He says, uh, yeah, I'm in. Let's go. I said, all right, it's four eighty nine. Probably sell for four eighty nine. I called the agent. I say, Don't list this, don't put this on market. I'm gonna come in and bring an offer. I'll send it to you within the hour. Oh, we already sold it. I said, Oh, sh-. what'd you sell it for? 395. Oh. Uh, so, like right there, prime example of something that if you jumped in 395, this place is worth seven fifty all day long. Really? Yeah. And 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 it's worth $750 because it's zoned for a duplex.
0: And you found it where?
2: On Instagram. Actually, my girlfriend found it on Instagram and sent it to me.
0: <laughs> so so you'll find that agents will post on Instagram before yep. it actually gets listed on coming like MLS. Soon,
2: coming soon, coming soon, coming soon. That's where you're gonna find a lot of your deals. Yeah. Um, not only that, you know, for example, if I'm working in Welland on a project and I notice that the house across the street is uh, you know, a, a one and a half story, they've got a separate entrance um you know that's somewhere I'll I'll go over and knock on the door hey are you guys willing to sell I'll pay you 600 because you know when you're doing deals on one street and this is something that maybe for me specifically I'm just kind of talking about but if I have two properties on one street and I've had them both refinanced at you know 800 and 750 I know that if I offer this this guy across the street 600 and I put 75k into it I'm still yeah. in a good position. Yeah. I know exactly. You know I, the
1: street. You know exactly. the area.
2: I, I have the same appraiser. It's the same. It's the same rental, mm-hmm. and I'm picking properties that are very similar. You're slowly so I, bringing I like, up
0: that street value.
2: Yeah, I like one and a half it's stories. Right. Exactly. I like one and a half stories. I like um, bungalows, separate entrance. Everybody loves those brick bungalows. Those are the most ideal. The 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 highest um, uh, selling product, if you will. Mm-hmm. But once you understand that holy, you know, my place is worth 800 and I just had it refinanced, then that's that's your in. You're like, oh, this. if you buy anything in a a half kilometer radius, then then you can call your appraiser back and pretty much get the same value.
1: Yeah. How how do you maybe talk to us about how you analyze these properties quickly? Like you've obviously got experience. Um, I assume if you're going to get into real estate investing, doing it yourself, might be really bullish. You might want to work with an agent, not even an agent, but also an agent that has done real estate investing or helped in this because there's some aspect of the everything you've talked through, right? The numbers, the zoning. How do you analyze a property quickly for ROI?
2: So, you know, first thing is uh, comparables. And, and, you know, because you're looking at the same areas for me, if I'm looking in Niagara specifically. You know, I, I can see that a property is worth, um, you know, if it's a, again, I'll say brick bungalow, if it's a brick bungalow, number one thing I'm looking at is, is comps resale, recent resales, 30 days, 60 days. Um, it, it, if, uh, if I know the area very well, I'll jump quickly, but I'll jump quick quickly at the price that I have to get it at. Mm-hmm. And that's why the other day I got outbid by whatever that was, 100 120,000. 120, 120, yeah. You know, whatever it happens, it's gonna happen. Uh but analyzing quickly is is comps. I mean, if you're not an agent, you don't have access to the MLS, it's gonna be a lot harder for you. Mm. So um the only other way I, I would just yeah, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even do it without a realtor. I would always use a realtor. And I shouldn't say this, but if I'm an investor and I wasn't a realtor, I would have multiple agents on the go.
0: Just like absolutely just yeah. working for you
2: and i'll say this because i'm an investor mm-hmm. first that started estate. in real estate because i started investing mm-hmm. um i can't shouldn't say this but <laughs> i'm gonna say it. but if i'm an investor i'm like hey agent one agent two agent three i need a property under i still do this as an agent i have agents uh in windsor that send me listings london saint thomas they're all sending me listings um, because You're just making people hungry for your business, exactly. And and buyer agents work for free; mm-hmm. they don't get paid from you as a buyer. So you know, get as many listings across your plate as you can, and if they're off market, perfect.
0: Yeah, going back to that, I I'm curious as to like what is the benefit in a realtor selling to you? So you come to me before I listed on MLS, and why? Why wouldn't they hold it and listen on MLS? Probably knowing that they're going to have a bidding war. You know what I mean? Like, what well, what's the incentive there to say, you know, Jason, offer you offer me four hundred eighty thousand, done deal? Whereas I list on MLS, and a month later, I could turn around and actually sell for five seventy. You may so, be able yeah. to. No, but you know, I guess is that that. If statement that makes them just like, ah, I just want the cash now, a quick done deal. Like, is that what it is, or is there some more behind it?
2: I think there's a couple of variables to it. So yeah. some agents just want the transaction.
0: They're just like, oh, I just need to hit numbers this month. And
2: yeah, know. straight up. They're transactional. Yeah. Get a ton. Um, other times the seller, you know, they don't want to go through the process of of listing. It's just they don't they want they don't want the effort. Yeah, they don't yes. want people going through their house all the time and yeah. you know, dealing with uh mm-hmm whatever especially well, you, gotta, you gotta
1: clean it up yeah. you gotta stage it Fair. you gotta be out of it like yeah. there's work in listing here. oh yeah yeah no, it's, look at uh tiring.
2: yeah john's um recently like 40 to t- have 45 showings booked wow. in 48 hours yeah, i mean a, annoying you know who wants in you, you, you yeah. got to get a hotel, yeah. hotel room
1: it, yeah it, in time yeah
2: and and what do you do if you're at work all day and you have a dog i mean it just gets super super annoying it's it's inconvenient for a lot of people um is it a is
0: it $100,000 or, okay, not, maybe not, not always the case, but is it a, a $60,000 inconvenience, though, you think? Like in some cases? You don't know how
1: much it is, though, I think is the problem.
2: Yeah. Like, I, I guess I'm, like, I'm speaking like you, in like our current market. You, no, like you're but getting... curr- and
1: current market, though, like we have to be real. The price point is being set intentionally to drive bidding. Yeah, I know. But not every home under- gets bid up massively over. So every single one of those. But what if you know what you have? You never actually know what you have, though. There's always risk. There, like, mm. the risk might be reduced, but there's always risk. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Like, have you seen any properties in the last six months that have only sold for twenty thousand over asking?
1: Be honest.
2: Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like,
1: and that's what I. That's where I start to ask that question. Okay, but we're also in a specific market. We're talking. When we're talking real estate investing, buying off-market, working with an agent, we're not talking about buying in Oakville, Ontario, where people are underlisting the price.
0: I'm just asking relevant questions. Okay, good.
1: He didn't, you know. (laughs) It's just like, oh, it's fair though. No, no, but I just want to make sure as we discuss it, let's make sure it's broadly relevant.
0: Have you found those off-market deals in this area? Maybe that's a better question.
2: This area? Mike
0: chills out a bit. Probably not.
2: This area for investing is not ideal. Yeah. Because you're going to pay, you know, one point something, two point something, yeah, and you're going to rent it out. You're, you'll lose money, guaranteed.
0: Yeah, you're not going to have a cash flow no. positive at that at no. that price. And I think, um, what do you think is the sweet spot for a rental value? Is it is it like seventy five, uh, seven hundred fifty thousand down, or is it like?
2: It's a good question. Um, depends on the investment du- and
0: the amount. Yeah, 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 that's true. duplex,
2: two two to three units. You can scoop up under seven fifty in Niagara all okay. day. Uh, maybe in Hamilton or maybe conversion opportunities in Hamilton Mm -hmm. out here, no chance. Uh, but what you can find out here, if you have the coin is large commercial deals, um, where you're going to, you know, car washes or, or, um, (laughs) <laughs> Told you,
0: I literally, I said car wash to him, like, I don't know, probably was like
2: six months ago now. That's my favorite investment. Yeah, I've I never, obviously I've never made it, but that to me Thank is you. like, is, uh, is, is one of the, one of the goals that I have for investing.
0: What well, Can you, okay, a little off topic, but yeah. like, give us quick, like why? So just to help. Okay. So first transitioning
2: from, from, you know, in the big transition is gas to electric. Yeah, I, I know, uh, some, some people who own, um, a mechanic um uh, trying to watch what I say franchise. Yeah. So they own this franchise. They're they're going through a process right now, transition where they're like, oh my God, we need to we need to start servicing electric vehicles. Yeah. Um and and while every auto manufacturer or our, our auto servicing uh place goes through that transition, car washes are just like, we're just a car wash. We'll yeah. still clean your car. Like so, come on in. And if you look at that, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Stony Creek, but there's a, a one on Green Road. And it's packed all the time. Oh, yeah,
0: it's like auto, uh, auto spa here in exactly. Burlington. There's one day I went there, uh, passed there, not in there, because that was absolute craziness. There was a lineup outside of the driveway, which, by the way, this is a huge lot, outside of the entrance of the, the lot, down the road. Down the road, it was down Appleby lines. It's like line. Dairy
2: Queen, baby. Dairy no, Queen honestly, lines. it's like Dairy
0: Queen <laughs> on a Thursday after Pee Wee soccer or something. Yeah. Like it was insane. I but that's what... So yeah, continue. Sorry, to that's that. amazing.
2: No, yeah. I I agree. I think uh, I I I used to like gas stations. Yeah, I used to aspire to be like I want to own a gas station. Um, obviously not anymore. I still think they'll be, of course, right now you know they're valuable, but um you know for like in long term I like uh, I like. Car washes. It's something about it. I know um, the guy who owns that one in Stony Creek, and they make quite a bit of money.
0: Is is the one that he owns? Is it like a just you drive through, or does he have a a little side bit? Like so, Auto Spa has the one where you drive through. They have the self serve ones, and then they also you have the option where you can drop your car off for like a quick detail, so like thirty minutes to an hour for different levels of detailing. Is it like one of those, or is it just a straight? Drive in, yep. pop out, you're good to go. Yeah. Okay. Straight cool. driving. Yeah. And that's probably I feel like that's probably the most profitable model because it's it's hands off.
1: You yep. just gotta have someone there to like change the the fluids.
0: Yeah. Like the soaps and stuff
2: at some point. A lot point. of
1: servicing on the equipment, but other yeah. than yeah. it's way more
2: there's a, ours. Um I think I I said the one on Green Road. It was a it's a so there's another one on Barton Street. That's the one I was talking about. I, is that it? I, yeah.
0: I I'm pretty sure my buddy owns that one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. so that one is uh you you drive in there's a bunch of guys that come in there's like a group of literally seven guys they open up your car it's a shorter period of time and you're gone yeah you're off. I'm pretty positive here yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: so back to properties we can buy car wash soon we We buy (laughs) cars just buy cars cars. i don't know i want to wash them i know i will never bring some of those cars to your car wash but (laughs) no um okay so analyzing quickly uh the roi and then after that maybe let's talk about we're not going to be able to cover everything today so maybe we talk about some like good next steps that we can guide people to Mm -hmm. so let's talk about how to analyze roi quickly and then, and then things that we can start pointing people to, because, and, and we might have to do a follow-up is what I'm realizing is like, there's so much content here. Oh, real estate. so um, like, you can go into a whole But, but I all. think people are going to have questions after this. So let's guide them to like top one or two spots that we can send them to for more info, even if it's your email. Um, And, and then we'll, we'll continue the conversation. So ROI, how do you, how do you even know? How do you know?
2: Yeah. So obviously basic ROI, um, new price minus old price. Divided by old price, I think is what it is, now that I'm thinking of it. Um, yeah. I don't really do that. I do cash on cash returns okay. always because mm-hmm. I'm always looking for burrs. Um, uh, the goal is infinite cash on cash, return all your original investment and just be sitting on um, straight leverage and taking in the cash flow.
1: And I guess the biggest piece of that is quickly scoping what, like the down payment's pretty obvious. Yeah. You can set a cap on what you're willing to pay. Yep. So the variable is construction cost, construction and that's rent big one. So you yeah. need you need someone.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and that's the thing. And I'll plug Evolution right here. But uh, you know, if we were to get a phone call saying, "Hey, I have a walk through thirty minutes. Can you guys come through and do a, a quick quote for us?" Sure. So our GC Nate, who's awesome, he would go through, uh, do a quick floor plan measurements. And, um, you know, we'd have a quote with you, to, to you in 48 hours, within 48 hours. <clears throat> and, you know, that's, that's your biggest one. And I think that the rookie mistake is that people, and I've done this, but they'll gut the entire house. And they're like, oh, everything, this, you know, it's plaster. It's got to be gutted. We we need to, yeah. we have to go. And it's like, it's so it's like Those are things you leave to
0: whoever wants it next.
2: Yes, just leave it. And especially if you're going to hold on to it for 20 10 20 30 years even if it's five years like just just don't do that (laughs) unless you yeah
1: it's about being smart and deliberate with the things you actually do
2: yeah and and you know your money is uh, although i i do believe in giving a a a tenant a really solid product because they'll respect it more yeah um you know you'll you'll yield a a higher rent i don't believe in adding another you know doubling your investment on rental just to just to change it from plaster to drywall, yeah, and I used to think that that was the right way to go, and i I'm telling you from experience it's probably um, if I could go back, I would have been
0: because some people just don't care like they some don't people care are yeah. Fine with plaster yeah and it, that's not for us to decide
2: no you, you still you know you do your ki- you do your your big things right you do your floors, you do your paint you do your your, your baseboard, um, you do a nice kitchen yeah. and, and if you have to do uh, you know some sort of open concept, you do that I'm checking, hand- checking baseboards through. as you're talking. <laughs> pretty dirty they could use some
0: dusting <laughs> no you get the low-hanging fruit and whatever yeah. host, right
2: yeah maximize your your value by um again i'm gonna say be resourceful but uh you know we have a standard list of features and processes that we adhere to and that we use we're not going to go and buy you know a 1500 hundred dollar light fixture we have a standard list of light fixtures that, that we That are like that best we use. value. Yeah, it's and, super and, cheap. Yeah. Because they look good. They'll i mean what what uh you know durability does a light fixture have to have i, yeah, there's just a a there's I mean there's a certain level yeah. with diminishing return yeah. i mean
0: you complimented this one and this one was uh, in this room is 50 dollars exactly. on amazon justin <laughs> picked, it out I picked it out I'm, yeah. I'm really happy that you complimented that <laughs> thank you Do you
2: like that like i like <laughs> yeah, I that I out too yeah him. yeah so i mean maybe
0: let's go in on something yeah, i'll do the interior <laughs> design no i'm just kidding
2: but that's the thing, right? Like somebody will be like, oh, I need an interior designer. Like he just said. Yeah. So, you know, the uh, interior designer is going to be expensive. expensive. Especially yeah. now. They're going to be like, oh, well, let's do this here. They're going nice- to do unnecessary things. minimum yeah.
1: of we'll a thousand just for their consultation usually. Whoever. Yeah. So, yeah. so
2: little, little things, um, you know, if we're going to really get into the nitty gritties, you're looking at some emotional, you know, some things that will bring out emotion, nice feature wall, mm-hmm. relatively cheap, um electric fireplace again, relatively cheap, a couple thousand bucks all in for your mm-hmm. house. If you're going to really add some, some stylistic features, but, uh, for the most part, <clears throat> you know, it doesn't have to be this massive, massive rental. And, uh, you know, I I've, I've learned that through actually the, the GC that we have. And, uh, you know, he's taught me quite a bit about that, but, um, you know, real estate is, is get in, you know do do what is necessary to create a a really solid product and and put a tenant in there after you do your proper due diligence with them but yeah. put a tenant in there and and hold it for the long term and be able to create enough equity in your portfolio that you can have some leverage and 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 take that leverage and make sure that you're you're continuing that uh that upward trend you know you're not going to you're not going to leverage 3 houses and take your equity and then go uh, go buy a, a Lamborghini. Although that'd be nice. That'd be pretty cool. But yeah, yeah be very cool. Not yeah. a smart financial <laughs> yeah But, you know, um, I'm a firm believer in if you refinance, that money is to stay in that endeavor. You keep yeah, that you in real estate. Over. Yeah, or you put that in, in the markets uh, mm-hmm. in a low-cost low, low cost ETF or something like that. Yeah, That's like an smart. index. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's smart. So um, it, in the show notes, we're going to include... Uh, a link to the zoning 101. We'll find a good zoning 101 that people can look at. Um, We'll link out Evolution. So if you are going to go do a walkthrough and want to take on a project like this yourself, I think the reality is not everyone's going to take on a project like this themselves. But if you are, we'll link out Evolution. And then we'll also uh, add your email um, because that'll be the most relevant place to find out about this more turnkey solution at Just Invest. And I think we'll have to do a whole segment on that. Because the idea is we've talked through a whole bunch of options. Most of the options we've talked about today are going to require you doing a lot. But if you want it to be a little bit more passive, I think that's what we talked about before the show, which Just Vest is building um, with Van Geese Group. We'll link just to your email for now so people can find out more if they're really interested. But that's if you have capital, if you're interested in getting into this space, but don't necessarily have the time, energy to go manage all the details. This is like the turnkey solution. But if not... Hopefully all the things we've talked about today have opened you up, whether you like maybe you want to look into some land, maybe you're going to house hack, maybe you're going to grab your first new pre-construction, maybe you will go do a reno flip or conversion or burr yourself and and we'll have the details for you to connect with those people. And then if not, if you want something more passive um, because you've got capital, but you don't have time, which is the case for many people, then, then we will... Um, Dive into that too, and maybe in that episode we can talk about. Um, actually, you know what? We'll do. And I, I watched a video that you you had done around leveraging your existing home, uh, the equity in your existing home for real estate investing. So we'll link that video actually here as well, because I think it's a good primer for the next dialogue. And we'll have the next dialogue in a couple couple months to make sure that it's hot off the press. Um, so thank you for coming through today, Jason. I think we learned a ton. I uh, still so many questions. I think we would probably talk about this for like 5 hours. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not even near bored. <laughs> if I had coffee we'd be going to like 2 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Any anything you want to add Justin and then Jason uh, anything you want to add to close us out on things like top things people should take away? Well, I'll leave it to you and then I'll I'll say my bit but
2: Yeah, I think uh you know, first and foremost, obviously thanks for having me. Um, you know, anybody who's looking to invest in real estate You know, I'd be willing to jump on a Zoom call, a phone call, email thread, whatever it is, whatever you know is your best method of contact. Um, And and everybody's goals for real estate investing will be different. You know, you might want one property, you might want ten properties, you might want to retire with fifty properties. Doesn't matter. Whatever it may be, I'm open to a conversation. Um, And and you know, when it gets down to it, if if uh, if you have a a list of ten houses that we want to see. I'd be willing to work with any co- any client and and come up with a, a plan of attack, run the numbers, and kind of help you figure out your your investment and what's best for you specifically. So uh, that's the beautiful thing about it. There's so many options, so many ways that you can invest in real estate, um, so many different goals that people have, and uh, yeah, I think that's that's why I love doing this. It's different every time. So yeah. um, you know, anybody who's listening, if you're if you want to chat, just feel free to reach out. You can reach me at uh Jason.oconnor, O C O N N O R at kw dot com. Or just give me a, a text or a call at 905-973-2495.
0: Jason's uh nickname is also also Mr. Approachable. So <laughs> do not hesitate. Just throw my cell out there. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh sale. Oh sale. So, yeah, no, but uh no, I know I learned a lot today. Um you, you shown a shown us a lot of different ways of thinking about real estate. Uh, so I really appreciate you coming on. I, uh, I just know I got some calls to make. You're going to start scheming now. <laughs> start uh, scheming. So, uh, I think we'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for everyone to, for turn, for tuning into the, this, uh, episode and, uh, have a great day or night, depending on when you listen. To this.
2: <laughs> Thanks guys. See ya. You've been listening to the Flywheel Podcast. To the Flywheel Podcast. Hosted by Mike and Justin. Tune in for
0: regular episodes and show notes at theflywheel.ca.